0: You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and continuing, um, which, you know, obviously we had a victory Friday, but for now, the third Monday in a row of Victory Monday here on Locked On Browns. I'm glad you guys are enjoying the ride. Um, Some of you who are still being overcritical and picky, uh, you've all been begging for this, wanting this, you want Ws. Um, I didn't know they also had to be perfect in their appearance. Uh, We're going to get to a bunch of things here. Mark Sessler going to join us again from the Around the NFL podcast. Obviously, we'll recap yesterday um, some unsung heroes, which maybe shows you the direction of this franchise, the direction of this roster. Peek a little bit ahead at the Pittsburgh Steelers um, with Mark. And, of course, for the second week in a row now, we've had an NFL franchise essentially – Ripped to bits uh, due to not succeeding to this point. So your Monday, I'm sorry, your Tuesday, Locked on Browns, brought to you by the fine folks at Visa. Help support your local businesses. Whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops, local businesses have always been on your team, supporting you and your community. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at a local Business and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless Visa to help your su- support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa everywhere you want to be official partner of the NFL. Like I said, Mr. Mark Sessler is joining us here. Um, some takeaways from yesterday, Mark. For me, is and you know you get to see Rashard Higgins and you see you kind of get to see behind the scenes. Like everybody knows what's going on with the stars, Chris Hubbard and him mentioning today. He's like, I think I had a rep at guard last week. Um, we were asking for more Ronnie Harrison um, with Carl Joseph sitting, you know, the situation dictated Ronnie Harrison got to play more um, been asking for more of Sheldrick red wine. Again, the game situation dictated the shelter when red wine got his reps and played pretty well, but you're starting to see, Depth, And this is one of the things that started to happen last year when guys were going down, there was nothing left in the tank. Um, This, you know, it's rare that we're screaming, you know, oh man, we'd really like to see this kid get some reps and it doesn't happen, but you get a Chris Hubbard, you get a Ronnie Harrison, you get Rashard Higgins. And we've been talking on this show about maybe with the third wide receiver or anybody who's not named Odell or Jarvis, no block, no rock. Um, Rashard did his job as a receiver. And obviously probably had one of the key blocks, if not the most key block of the game on the, the Ernest Johnson uh, 28-yard run that essentially sealed the deal. You know, red rind with his interception, Ronnie Harrison, of course. Um, but you're just starting to see it all come together. And look, you know, yesterday was a boxing match. It wasn't a knockout where the Browns have had for the last couple of weeks where they got up big early and could kind of just fend off. Um, they had a fight for this one for, you know, all 12 rounds. They were able to do this, and for everybody that um, prevent D that you're so worried about, um, you started to make it look better yesterday. You make it long. You, you know, maybe only give up field goals, and you make it as hard as you possibly can on the opposition Mark, You know, it reminds me of um, the Chip Kelly Eagles when he came
1: into the NFL, and there were all these think pieces being written about this offense that if you were mostly an NFL watcher, uh, was new and innovative, um, and you know it, it, it was it, it went against type for coaches to pull directly from college schemes. and it confused people, and it was this uh, story of maybe innovation and what the NFL could become. but there was a flip side to that, and it was the defensive players whispering and starting to complain that when you're on a Chip Kelly team and the offense is scoring so quickly, that you're out there on the field a lot, a lot more than you would be on another team. And so it became an issue inside the locker room to some degree. And I look at this Cleveland Browns team right now and the offense and the defense are playing complementary football together. You don't have any of the finger pointing that um, has attached itself to teams of old where the offense couldn't, you know, struggle to score 14 points per game and the defense in in other scenarios would be a, a, a gigantic house on fire in all the wrong ways. I, I look at the second half where the offense uh, fell off a cliff a little bit, uh, not for the entire second half, but that was a study in opposites from Baker Mayfield's first half. And the defense uh, steps up and makes huge plays. You've got the pick six. You've got the wrangling Phillip Rivers into a safety. Um, you know, And Phillip Rivers is not playing the best football of his career right now, but Miles Garrett is. And Miles Garrett, for yet another week in a row, makes an impact play. And you're right with Hubbard. I I I see contrast to last season in how they use their players and, and how the players respond to that. I mean, we all know Richard Higgins last year after such an interesting 2018 season where he had so much chemistry with Baker disappeared last year. And it, and it, and it seemed to be all about issues with the coaching staff and, you know, it just, he was not on the field when, when everything that Browns fans had seen of, of, Rashard Higgins was that he was someone that was growing into a bigger role. So it was really cool to see him play yesterday, play well, you know, he just tweeted a little bit ago about how he feels supported and wanted. And that matters to these guys. I mean, they're also on a winning team for the first time in a really long time, but he threw that nasty block on the Dearness Johnson run that late in the game, Kevin Stefanski did not, you know, said we're not going to completely abandon the ground game. And that block was a huge part of what a wide receiver is being asked to do. And he, you know it's hard not to think of Ozzy Newsom when he's wearing that '82 jersey, but he's <laughs> another guy, a, you know, a player of depth who is, needs to step up and play a role, and he did it. And You're absolutely right about, like Ronnie Harrison. I, I, to me, what that tells me is they had a need. We all know at this point, and we're tired of talking about, it, they lost Grand Delpit, and the, in the internal front office had to go find a player around the NFL when you've had no preseason tape. When you've had no real ability to look around the league and see how players are being used or how they could fit into your defense, if you're Joe Woods, they went and got Ronnie Harrison, correctly scouted. You know, it's been weeks in a row where he's almost had that game-breaking turnover takeaway, and he and yesterday he did. And so he fits really well into this defense. And, and, you know, and then Sheldrick Redwine comes in and does the same thing. So it's a good theme. I mean, I even think someone like Malcolm Smith, uh, you know, cast off at some point has made some plays each week and you know they're doing it with with guys hurt and injured and it was it was tough to lose Wyatt Teller I mean and the injury list coming out of that game is definitely a concern as you go into the thick of the schedule with Pittsburgh coming up but the depth that you're talking about helps because in the past it was like you lose two or three characters and say hello to a five-game losing streak
0: yeah 100% and it was you know and I don't think anybody really knew that Chris Hubbard was going to be the guy that would jump in, um, you know, at right guard if there was an injury to Wyatt Teller. And, you know, were you here maybe week to week or whatever? And with him on the sideline and, you know, at, at points with his helmet, um, I think they're also being a little proactive with this um, as far as, look, you know, I put you back out there. You know, I may lose you for a month. I don't want to lose you for a month. So, you know, we'll see what we got to do to get through this. And obviously did the same thing with the Thursday night game. With Jack Conklin in mind, he dressed, they did not want to play him. Chris Hubbard was able to do it there. So now this is two spots now where Chris Hubbard has stepped up, Um, you know, at, you know, right tackle, right guard as your sixth offensive lineman, establishing himself there. Um, And for a guy, I mean, I, I mean, it almost seemed like he was going to be, you know, less left for dead as, you know, as, as far as, you know, how this 2020 season worked out for him Um, on, on the offensive side of the ball. I just want to get to this one real quick. Um, do you think Mark maybe that they're maybe shutting maybe they shut down the passing game a little bit too soon? Um, you know, obviously everything was humming uh, in the first half, and it almost seems like you know Baker and look, you know, at, at Oklahoma and even in blowouts because they were running a hundred plays a game, he was throwing it forty times. So you know, and everybody who gets oh you know oh here's a bad ball here yes everybody's you know look I mean a lot of times the luck is going to determine what happened on your bad ball um is right right now the you know the luck side of it getting you know baker sometimes sure but you get the you know touchdown pass to Kareem Hunt and this is where Rashid Rashard is so perfect like he just knows exactly where to be he may not be the greatest athlete but he just has intelligence in and, in and, and him and baker I don't know what it is the 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 yin and the yang between the two of them is just perfect you know Rashard knows what Baker's thinking Baker knows what Rashard is thinking but you're gonna get times where, and Baker, he's definitely got the tries to make too much with one throw at some times, and obviously there was the near interception to Xavier Rhodes, which was another one. Um, but you know, it, when you get shut down essentially, and then all of a sudden you're trying to amp him back up to throwing the ball again, it's not you know the easiest thing to do essentially as a quarterback.
1: Yeah, that's a good point, and they, you know, they just. Um... Put out some QBR numbers that basically show that Baker Mayfield in the first quarter, QBR 77.3, second quarter 91.5, third quarter 51.9, fourth quarter it's dipped to 7.4. So, you know, it's fair to say that there have been issues in the second half, and we're just seeing it with the naked eye, too. And, you know, in terms of abandoning the pass game. I think like you want to keep Baker Mayfield in this zone where he feels really confident about what's happening around him as he grows in the offense. Still, I mean, in August, I remember thinking, "Well, wow, this with everything that's going on and with Kevin Stefanski, the the, the load on his plate and all he's got to do as a head coach, having never done this, I think it's fair if we don't really see what this offense is till November because it just it could take that long. And it, you know, back then we just had no idea how the season would play out. I mean, they clearly. They're well taught, the entire group, um, and it starts with the offensive line under Bill Callahan. But it's all these players that in the past just weren't maximized. Now they are, and I think the first half of Baker Mayfield's game was probably the best half he's played. I mean, incredibly productive. He was himself. I thought he was. He's a he's a quarterback. He's a risk reward thrower, and he he there's a bit of daring due to his game, and you can't take that away. Uh, and I think you know that the. To me, I sometimes just watch him, and when he gets into trouble, and you kind of mentioned it right there, is that that risk reward <laughs> part. I mean, he put a few throws into tight windows that create issues, or he's just not quite seeing the field the way that he should. And yet, he's such a more productive quarterback than he was a year ago that I'll take it. Like I'll take the mistakes; they're, they're deep enough to get out of these problems. Uh, I think that Stefanski probably is, you know he's showing his skill in terms of managing Baker Mayfield through these games. These are learning experiences. And
0: I, I, I do think Baker the will thing that, better. You know, where Baker. Yeah. Well, and the thing where, where it was in, you have to understand when he's got this superior, you know, skill talent around him. And, you know, a lot of times it's, you know, let the guys make the play just, you know, and we saw it with Landry with the, uh, you know, catch over, Uh Ogarique and you know how you get intercepted by a guy with a broken thumb, six days removed off of (laughs) surgery is always going to be a head scratcher. Um, but Austin Hooper had several, you know, contested catches as well. Um Odell, the one where you know the you know ball bounced off his bicep. And if you want your Browns play of the week where maybe you think things are shifting back for you to the positive, yeah, that ball bounces off of you know Odell's bicep. And we all know the rest of the story, folks. Um, So we know how that works out. We're going to continue here with Mark Sessler. We're going to peek ahead to the Steelers. You know, I usually like to let Tuesday enjoy it, but we got Mark here, so we'll get certainly some thoughts. And it always seems every year it's like, hey, let's talk about this new Pittsburgh Steelers rookie wide receiver, Jeff Lloyd, Mark Sessler, on your Tuesday edition of Locked on Browns. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible, rather than charging prices based on what the market will bear, similar to what the airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require a membership or an account login. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals. And again, do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Um, I was able to, and I didn't want to, but my choices, and I did have two TVs going, so I had Chiefs, Raiders. Um, the area of New Jersey I am in, we get you know Philadelphia. Um, so you know I did watch Eagles, Cowboys. Um, it made me think, Mark. First of all, yes, Pittsburgh's good. Their defense is fantastic. Um, But the Eagles, the Eagles are a little bit of a hot mess right now. And if the Eagles were to make that game close and able to contend with them, I I ain't, look, I ain't ready to throw out no guarantees and a win, guys. I've done that the last two weeks. I'm not sure about it this week. A lot of it's going to depend on the injuries and, you know, what the offensive line is going to be going out this week. But it's not that to say Pittsburgh is not vulnerable. It's not to say that Pittsburgh, you know, It's not that they don't have weaknesses. It has areas where they can maybe, you know, some things you can win with some things. But, you know, Mark, whether, you know, a couple of years ago was Juju Smith-Schuster last year. everybody wanted want to talk about Deontay Johnson and because they'll never extend a receiver, really, except for the one guy who turned out to be a head case. Um, This is why there's always a rookie wide receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So they never have to pay one of them. Um, and this is your big freak. Um, if he was 25 pounds heavier, he could be a tight end. He's a scary, scary version of what he is as a wide receiver. Um, you know, Ben's now obviously developing a rapport with him. Um, I don't think they run the ball overly well at all to this point. Their offensive line, and I know David DeCastro went down yesterday, so we'll see what that version of their offensive line is for this week. But you have been, and you know, I did have my questions of where he was at his age and his health with the elbow. Doesn't seem to be too big of a deal right now. Um, but they still tossing the pill around everywhere, and now here's a big young gazelle for them that they're finding some success with as far as their passing game.
1: Yeah, I was thinking it might have been to the Browns' advantage that the Eagles got the Chase Claypool like huge explosion become a star game where you saw him use so many different ways and and you know like now you sweep. know it. like you're not going to be know. the one
0: who fell asleep to it yep
1: right now you know and like the, the way they even used him on that jet sweep uh for his first touchdown which was his rushing touchdown i mean you you're right he is this sort of big lanky herky jerky type athlete who just basically dove into the end zone and and he was causing a lot of problems for eagles Covermen uh, covermen and linebackers. I mean, there's another play, his second touchdown, which was his first receiving one. Um, I tweeted out that it looked like a bunch of ranchers trying to wrangle like a horse on the run because he just blew through like yep. five or six guys. And so I think that you see automatic concerns for Cleveland secondary, which is banged up. You've got Greedy Williams on IR, and they just haven't really, we haven't really seen the fully healthy version, but the the Browns' defense has been playmakers. I mean, that's, that's the one thing. And, you know, some defenses go six weeks without a pick six or a turnover that really changes the game. That's not Cleveland's DNA right now. But I'd just be concerned because it, Pittsburgh at this point, you know, we spent all offseason asking, like, is Juju Smith-Schuster a number one wide receiver? Should they give him this big extension? And it's like, you know what? With the way that they draft and the way they develop, I don't know if he needs to be. I mean, Chase Claypool is it has been more dangerous for them. Eric Ebron's fit in really well. You've got Deontay Johnson, who is banged up right now. But James Washington, I'm with you on the run game. I think that James Conner seems to me like a guy who he'll go five or six snaps and sort of just do workman-like, uh, you know, Workman like running back production. He's not a guy that jumps off the screen physically with his speed, but then he'll have like a, he'll rip off like a 25, 30 yard run. So you got to be aware of him. He's pretty good in the screen game. They just have a lot of weapons. And the one area that I mean, Big Ben is throwing the ball over the place, he's been, I read a stat today, the worst off target. thrower of 20 yard of of passes 20 yards downfield and if you watch some of their games it's because he's he's just going for it but there have been some strange overthrows and some misconnections on on the deep ball but if anything i'd expect them to kind of correct that and figure that out um he looks good to me he looks physically as healthy as he has in a long time i don't see any issues with the arm uh you know i'm not exactly like i'm not a i don't fashion myself as a quarterback guru, but you can kind of tell even with someone like rivers, where say they at g- holiday
0: and express last night.
1: <laughs> I mean, they, like you watch rivers and you say, you know what? Philip rivers is not the same dude, right? With big Ben. I'm thinking, no. you know what? But I, fine. The,
0: the thing with Philip rivers and the Colts was you weren't getting, nothing was going to change by bringing him to a dome. He looked more done. Eli right. looked done. Ben didn't look done. It was just a question of whether or not the elbow was going to come back. But go ahead. No, no, I I think that that's you know that's it.
1: And for me, the the big test and Cleveland does have this offensive line um, depth and strength. And if if Wyatt Teller is able to play, I have trust in them. But you know, at the end of that game against the Colts, I think they found a way to get heat on Baker Mayfield. He was banged up in the second half of that game. That factored into what we saw. I mean, this is a gutsy dude who played through probably a rib injury that was making it hard for him to breathe. I mean, you could see he was wincing in pain. So you're coming up against a nasty, nasty pass rush, and one that has victimized the Browns all over the place. I think there's a lot of psychology to this game. It's not just the fan base. Um, You know, they put it on Pittsburgh – in a game last year but that was with who at quarterback literally i mean that was a completely different team i don't even i don't take anything away from that game other than the fact that there's a lot of bad blood between these two i hope they've got a good officiating crew to take care of this thing and there's a reason um a lot of people are saying why isn't this game on you know if you're moving all these games around let's move this game into a night spot well they don't want this at a night they don't want this game on primetime television after what happened with Miles Garrett so let it sit where it is and let these two teams Play a low drama boxing match like last week, and I like Cleveland's chances they're a completely different team than they were a year ago, but this is the Steelers, and they find a way to recreate themselves over and over, and they have been a bugaboo for the browns for decades. i can't it was annoying to me to find out that this is the first time they've been four and We talked about this on our show since like the late seventies I, I mean if you're a if you're a, someone supporting the Browns, it feels like the Steelers have been four and O. 25 times but they've certainly been four and one a bunch of times
0: well it's actually funny because you use the phrase they're always you know recreating themselves so maybe then that you know maybe clicks that hey maybe they find something that's not working early in the year do away with it find a way to overcome it um with baker you know sometimes you know there's the old phrase of you know his balls are bigger than his brain um and it's great to say mama didn't raise no wusses but you knew you knew he was he was invisible pain. I mean, you know, it. and just to throw it and look, you know, that will forever win him over. That will win any quarterback over with any fan base where you can look. I'm here and look, I know you guys are hurting. I'm hurting. And just because I'm the one that's got to throw it and, you know, I may have a shot in the ribs. I mean, that's what wins people over. And the other thing is, is you know, Baker, I mean, it's you're know, going to take security to get this guy out. Um, and we saw that last year against Pittsburgh, you know, when it was right before the half, um, but you go into this, you look at TJ Watt, you look at Bud Dupree and for everybody, you know, why did you use your 10th overall selection on a left tackle? Why did you spend this money on Jack Conklin? This is one of the reasons. I mean, you need to get over this hill within the AFC North before you even talk about climbing the hill of the AFC overall. This is the week. What does Jedrick Wills do? What does Jack Conklin do? This is the week, and this is why you made offensive tackle not just a a big investment, a priority investment. Mark,
1: yeah, I I I just I, they they've been such a, a surprise in a good way in so many good ways up till now. But this was the game sitting out there on the horizon because you can't help but think a little bit. And I realize it was Week One; it was different, but beating the Ravens and beating the Steelers and and beating them physically the way that they have beaten Cleveland for so long matters as much as anything else and it's it's like here we are we're back in a scenario where the Browns are squaring off against a rival in a rivalry that has not been a rivalry in decades and we're going to we're at this point where all these things that Cleveland's doing haven't happened since Bill Belichick and Ozzie Newsom were there or haven't happened since the late 60s and that speaks to you know the darkness that they've um you know Floated through for so long, but sticking it to Pittsburgh and competing with Pittsburgh and putting a scare into Steelers fans, uh, which they've done in reverse for so long, matters. And so I think this is the game that's been hanging out there, and the Colts is a nice win. If they go and flop against Pittsburgh, you're just sort of thinking, all right, if you look at tiers in the AFC and tiers in the AFC North, it's easier to figure out where the Browns are. If they beat Pittsburgh and they do it in the way they've been doing it in the past few weeks, That captures the imagination. Suddenly you're not sure what the ceiling is. And that's what I think the the fan in me would start to really, really awaken at that point where I've been just sort of happily surprised, but feeling very cautious up to now.
0: Yes. Yeah. I think Mark, to this point, you've been, I would say you've been the parent with starting (laughs) to graduate your child into some things as far as this Browns team. And this has gone back to our summer talks. Um, for me, it, I just—I'm always a talent guy. Look, if you have talent, you expect it. Um, obviously, you know Mark with you know his history with this franchise and as deep as his of bronze he's you know a little more scorned. He's a little more jaded. But this is you know for Mark, this is truly what it is. You know, a little boy wants that first day of school. You know, little girl. Oh, maybe now we're graduating up to you know maybe you know getting a driver's permit. And this is where right. Mark is at. With this Browns product, but this is the week. Um, And look, you know, it, look, these games are going to come along. You've already had one with Baltimore and they're kind of spaced out nicely where you get him in the first half, you get him in the second half. And, you know, there's obviously opportunity to it as far as, you know, where you're going to be the next time you see them. But now this is it. You know, you go in your first of two with Pittsburgh. You truly is going to happen. It's not really like a road game. Um, which may benefit the Browns here, where it's not going to be you know, as bad as it could be in Pittsburgh. See how this plays out. Um, we have some NFL news, obviously, uh, Atlanta. I want to ask Mark his thoughts about a certain quarterback um, down in the District of Columbia, which we'll get to as well as we continue along on your Tuesday Lockdown Browns with Mark Sessler joining your host here. It's always fun when you have a sponsor, and our, as everybody knows, Built Bar has been a tremendous sponsor here for the Lockdown Network, um, and we've been able to work together. And due to their success, they've launched a new product. Due to help us helping them launch the Built Bar, here's the new one. It is Built Go. It may do at whatever you do, break through your wall, whether it's a mental or physical wall. Break through it with Go every day. Easy to take in 1.5-ounce packages. Put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever, or put it in your pocket just to get you through the day. Built Go is the best work. It's five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's just generally better for your body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine, but much better results. Three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and cho- How does Built-Go work so well? Built-Go combines energy gel with collagen, uh, collagen protein. Collagen protein is a fast absorbing, so it gets into my system fast. Plus, it's easy on the stomach. Built-Go is loaded with good stuff to ignite my work. Beta-alanine, B3, honey, and a kick of caffeine. Built-Go then it kicks to keep me going strong. B6, B12, 10,000%. Of your daily percentage of B12. Joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. This stuff literally makes you look better. Visit BuiltGo.com and use the promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D all caps, and you will get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKED, again, all caps, for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Go. I start we'll we'll start with this simple one here, Mark. Um Washington, the quarterback change. And look, not to you know, Alex Smith, an absolute fantastic story. Um letting him out on that field. God bless her with all that he's been through. Um, but it is fantastic to see. Um Mark, we have a you know, first round pick, and this is starting to feel kind of almost similar to the Josh Rosen situation where it was you were never my pick. We kind of gave it a shot. We're just going to move on here. And now you have a guy um, who was drafted highly as a quarterback and he's gotten a little run, but he's never truly key. What do you think happens with a player like Dwayne Haskins?
1: Well, I think Dwayne Haskins is a candidate to be somewhere else a year from now. I mean, I just do. I think because you're pulling I'll be honest I
0: think I, I think he I think he could be a Pittsburgh Steeler but go ahead
1: no no I, I think that's a good like the, the, there are a number of area a number of teams you could look at and say they'd be interested and they'd be a better environment for him I'm I, I think Ron Rivera is probably happy just to look for a veteran quarterback to play I mean even even with the Alex Smith situation which was one of the better stories and it was pretty cool to watch that happen I I was randomly covering that game for work and like you know you're thinking this is happening in a driving rain uh the Rams are just kicking their butt and then suddenly Alex Smith is in the game and and the game had life and had meaning and it was it was um you know that stuff doesn't happen that often in the NFL with someone who I thought if anything would have just done a kneel down but the you know his presence there and the fact that they they deactivated Dwayne Haskins who also was a little ill this week it just tells you that from the offensive coordinator up to Ron Rivera, I think they have different plans for this offense. Um, you know, football's a long season. Could he come in and have three or four games that change minds? Yeah, I think I think we'll see him again potentially just because there's no other answer at quarterback and you're going to get Kyle Allen roughed up enough where you're going to have to make a switch. But it's, I mean, it, there's so much luck uh, to being a rookie quarterback. I mean, look at Sam Darnold as well, and it's like, it's hard to scout Dwayne Haskins or scout Sam Darnold in these situations where the offense is around them. And in in New York, like the entire organization is just sort of melting down around you. And sometimes what happens in those situations is both sides find it better to move on in whatever way that happens. So Dwayne Haskins just uh, does not have any aura of a guy they're putting their future into. In fact, they're probably going to like I think draft someone to to your point of Josh Rosen, you move him. And I think the Cardinal the Cardinals doing that changed um it kind of opened the door for other teams to to think about doing that, where that would have been a cardinal sin. I mean, not to not to go yep. not a pun there, but like you you just wouldn't do that with a first round pick. But when Cliff Kingsbury came in and said, "I know what I want for my system. I mean, you want a coach that knows what he wants, and so I don't think that Ron Rivera knows what he wants on offense the same way as Cliff Kingsbury, but he may know what he doesn't want, and it, it, they've, they've been around these players now for months and months, and your shelf life as a coach is is um, short as it can be, so you don't want to be with the wrong quarterback and that that's how they've evaluated him. I mean, this was a pick by the owner. He picked him, and the, and the owner, like even though he's
0: the owner What's the not have a Draft him.
1: Right. so I mean there's it's you know we've the, the browns have had some stories like that too and and, and I think you know where the, that stuff goes you, you have to have the buy-in uh-huh. of everyone and I think that they're still learning how to work together as an organization there's not they're not even at the point of we're completely bought in on how we're scouting and developing players
0: um yeah and look it's a tough spot for Dwayne Haskins to be in um but look I mean the situation even when he was drafted obviously you know being drafted by the owner, not being, you know, now we're onto a second head coach here and everything that's going on in Washington. um, You know, sometimes, you know, greener pastures is the best, and this may work out for Dwayne Haskins, which was a tough evaluation to begin with as it was with the limited amount of time that he did play at Ohio State. Mark, for the second week in a row, we've had an organization, you know, fire their head coach, NGM. This time it was actually two individuals with the Atlanta Falcons. 0-5, um. 0 and 5, um what they trot out on the offensive side of the ball should certainly be better than 0 and 5. Um, It's not that they are all the way there as far as what this team has, but there's, you know, enough pieces where, you know, 0 and 5 wasn't working. And obviously, you know, it it runs deeper than that, but the Atlanta Falcons um, and Raheem Morris, and it's funny because, you know, Raheem Morris was a college teammate and one of my best friends, um, they refer to him as Radio Raheem. And it's nice to see at least him look, you know, wh- whatever the opportunity is for Raheem Morris. And he kind of, you know, ended up in a in a crazy situation with Tampa where he was young and everybody loved him, but things just didn't work out and basically just ended up, you know, down the wrong path as far as, you know, being mentioned to be a head coach. But the Atlanta Falcons, Mark, uh stripped and obviously big changes will be coming within the, if we're in the middle of October here, by the middle of January, the next four and a half, four months or so, a lot of changes coming to the Atlanta Falcons.
1: Yeah. I, you know, and it's like Dan Quinn is one of the nicer, um, more engaging coaches out there. I had a chance to meet him during Super Bowl week when we were doing some stories and he would just give you his time and he'd give you honest, detailed answers about the Seahawks defense. So back then when he was becoming anointed as the next big head coach, um, I was thrilled for him and also think that he quickly helped that team and get better. And they he helped them get better along with Kyle Shanahan being there. I think that losing Kyle Shanahan, they never really got back to who they were after that. And they've just been so streaky. It's 0-5 this year. They started last year one uh, and seven. Uh and you know, he survived that. In the year before yep. that, they had a three-game losing streak and a five-game losing streak. So you just have to start to question what the plan is because Dan Quinn was, co- was was hired to come in and turn Atlanta's defense essentially into Seahawks 2.0, and it just never happened. And I would say now, I mean, you'd have to look at some of the pieces on that team. It feels like a blow-up scenario to me, potentially, depending on who the next coach is. You could see Matt Ryan somewhere else a year from now. You could see Julio Jones somewhere else. Just depending on mm-hmm. a, a sell-high Operation where a new front office says these are the players of old they 're still talented, but that 's why we trade them now you don 't trade them after and when it comes to Dimitrov I mean Brown's fans know that he was part of that cleveland ninety five lineage. He was there with Belichick and you know his dad was an important part of the organization he was a ball boy i mean he 's been around forever and he's he's done a lot of good things, he also survived through a lot of carnage in Atlanta, a lot of bad seasons, so You know, to last that long as a GM is 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 a win in itself, and I mean, these guys are going to find other work very quickly because of who they are. Because I think we just look at the record, but like both of those guys are really well liked because they're they're good men. It's very different than Houston, where you know, and I'm not saying something personal about Bill O'Brien, but there was this sense of Machiavellian, you know, infighting. The entire time Bill O'Brien was in Houston, and I think that that firing happened for a different reason. That's a guy that won multiple division titles, and you've got other people inside that organization that are power hungry too. That's not the case with Arthur blank and the falcons this this just this just burnt out too hard you can't you just can't keep uh you know starting your season in in such a deep hole that they have under Quinn the past few years.
0: Well, hey, look. I mean, you know, the car was you know stuck in the mud, you know, for the first half. Um, and obviously, you at oh and five, they were at best they were going to be three and five, um, and this was a team. Obviously, everybody remembers, um, you know, obviously twenty eight point lead, whatever it is, all the jokes, yada yada, twenty eight to three, blah 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 blah, and now where this franchise is at, um, and that's what they they set the bar. They set the bar high for themselves, and they have not been achieving it since. So. New beginnings in Atlanta coming. Um, Raheem Morris, we'll see how it works out. Um, It's just a team that just needs to find a way to uh, find themselves. And, look, you know, Julio Jones, who knows? I mean, somebody could come knocking by the trade deadline this year uh, as far as, you know, a talented player, somebody that could add a spark to somebody, um, depending on the asking price in Atlanta. Look, it's, you know, you're going to probably do a roster flip along with a front office flip. Um, We've gotten to a bunch here today. Obviously, we talked about yesterday the Browns' big win. Um, Unsung Heroes telling the story. A little peek ahead at the Steelers with Mark Sessler. And, of course, some NFL news here. Make sure you check out the Around the NFL podcast. Mark and the crew over there just do a fantastic job. Um, And, look, as much as this COVID situation stinks, it is great that we're able to get a little more accessibility here from Mr. Sessler. So check everything out, obviously, that Mark and the crew are doing through that, through NFL.com. Uh, the show itself, at Lockdown Browns. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Um, iTunes, Spotify, ratings, reviews. Guys, they are always appreciated. And while you're feeling the high and feeling the love of 4-1 and Victory Monday, be sure to take care of those things for your guy here. Again, uh, everybody just enjoy it here. We're going to get much more deeper into the Steelers this week. We'll have John Costco on tomorrow. We'll talk a little PFF, Browns-wise, Steeler-wise. Get you guys all prepped. For Sunday at one o'clock. This has been your daily delivery of all things dog pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go, Browns.